We get it. You're busy. You don't have time to waste on the mainstream media. That's why Salem News Channel is here. We have hosts worth watching, actually discussing the topics that matter. Andrew Wilkow, Dinesh D'Souza, Brandon Tatum, and more. Open debate and free speech you won't find anywhere else. We're not like the other guys. We're Salem News Channel. Watch anytime on any screen for free 24-7 at snc.tv. And on Local Now, Channel 525. You're listening to Faith Talk Live with Rick Probst and Dan Radcliffe on Faith Talk Atlanta. Yeah, I love it. It is the Tuesday edition of Faith Talk Live. I'm Rick Probst. And I'm Dan Radcliffe. Happy Tuesday. All right, this guy to the left of me, look at him. If you're watching on Facebook Live, you'll recognize that mug. Look at this. This guy is like a male model, isn't he's he? Like one of the best looking guys huh? we have on the show. Thanks, guys. Uh, yeah. But he's not just another pretty face. He's, he's got also a brain a in there. He's a rapper. <laughs> <laughs> so if you'd like your presents wrapped, call, call Shamso. Sean. She'll set it up. 404-995-7300. How are you? Yeah, doing great. Sean, Good to be back. Sean Hart from RZIM. Did we see you? We didn't see you at Catalyst, we did, did we? And not at Catalyst, but we but we saw you at uh, when we were at the uh, conference there. At RZIM. Yeah, refresh. Uh, yeah, it's always good to have you guys out. Yeah, yeah. yeah we... Your beard continues to grow. It's looking good. <laughs> we hope to get in next year for yeah, refresh. It. It's been great. Yeah, we'll talk about that in just a few. We ran into Ruth and She's Alicia. Everywhere. Alicia. Yeah. Yeah. She is everywhere. Yeah. We've yeah. been at events where we didn't think she'd be there. She, she, come, she drops down yeah. from the <laughs> ceiling. <laughs> Right? And she goes, like a ninja. Rick. She comes in. And she must have like her own personal drone that like just <laughs> takes her around the world, right? And she, she says, and she knows our names. She yeah. said Rick and Dan. Yeah, and and she is always and in some new country. Yes, every day I yeah, see yeah. on Facebook or Instagram, she's somewhere yeah. else. Yep. I don't know. We appreciate her. She doesn't know our names, unlike Louis Giglio down the street yeah. that calls me Randy or Gina, <laughs> right? Uh, depending on how he feels. Depending on if you're the if, if you have the beard. Or yeah, not. I'm yeah. still a little bitter about it. Is but, that, uh, is that what inspired the beard? You get yeah. called Gina. And- he signed one of his books, and he said, uh, it, "Obviously, I got the wrong book, but it says." Uh, uh, from Louie Love to uh, Randy and Gina. Right, yeah. It was the wrong book. Yeah, th- but they got mine, so there you go. <laughs> All right, so we want to catch up with you. You brought this young guy here who... Uh, his he, grandpa. He's a, he's, <laughs> he's, a, he's a legend. All right, talk a little bit, uh, Stuart, if you will. I want to hear that accent, all right? The Scottish accent. Where, where are you from, Stuart? I'm originally from Glasgow in Scotland and been in Atlanta now for about 22 years, and I lived in Vienna, Austria for 20 years before that. Wow. wow. Love that voice, But right? you still have the Scottish accent. I well, so it. they tell me every time I go into... Uh, Restaurants, people will say, you know, where are you from? And I keep thinking, you know, I'd lost my Scottish accent, but didn't realize that half of Atlanta were from Scotland. He's like, oh, man, my relatives are from Scotland or whatever, you know, so, yeah. Oh, that's funny. You got quite a story. We want to talk about your story in just a few. You spent some time in jail because you're smuggling Bibles. And uh, I, I love myself now, though. What's that? I behave myself now. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> Thank God. You mean with this guy? Well, it's not easy, but I'm working on it. He's been in more police lineups than, well, we won't even go. Who, Sean or Stewart? No, it's Sean, Sean okay, here, Sean. yeah. <laughs> anyway. The, leg- the legends he tells of yeah, Sean. Yeah, I, I know, right? <laughs> but you have the Understanding and Answering Islam Conference coming up, and we'd like to uh, pick your brain on that as well. But first, as we do with a lot of our mm-hmm. guests, the ones that we know and love, we want to play a game with you. Okay. How Scottish are you? And I kind of warned him a little bit about what oh, was going good. on. Oh, so we've got right. clips of uh, some some movie clips uh, from Scottish folks or about Scottish 
uh, events yeah. and one musical Scottish artist. We'll see if he can guess those. Okay. If he gets them right, what is the uh, the it'll he yeah, will get, to take home. Uh, he'll get a use the Phoenix Roasters <laughs> cup there. It's just got a little bit of coffee in it. Autographed so. from Rick Probst there. <laughs> love it. Or Louis Giglio. I love Randy and Gina. Yeah. No, if he gets it right, what is he here? Do you got the ding? Oh oh yeah, I got a ding right here. Let's see. Uh, that, All that right, one right and there. if he gets it incorrect, it is. Uh, oh, oh, sorry. Yeah, pressure, right. pressure. Yeah, a little pressure. Mm-hmm. All right, you want to play the first clip? Yeah. Uh, this is uh, how Scottish are you? Who is this? I admire your luck, Mister Bond. <laughs> John Connery. Yeah, oh, very good. Yeah, he got it right off. All very right, good. do your Sean Connery. Sean Connery. <laughs> Some things in here don't react well to bullets. That's there pretty good. Is that yeah. pretty good? No, not bad. Is that Scottish and not Irish, right? Well, uh, is he is he Irish or Scottish? No, he's, he's Scottish. Scottish. Come on, oh, okay. wow. he's got the Scottish, keys to yeah. the city of Edinburgh, so he's, he's Scottish <laughs> okay. all the way. Yes. All right. uh, yeah, I was just wondering maybe if he had put some, but you sound no, good. No, that's good. That's okay. pretty good. All yeah. right, number two. Here we go. They call me mellow yellow, white right slim. See, I always thought this was the Beatles. It's not the no, Beatles. No, no, this yeah. is uh, an artist that's Scottish. Maybe a little before your time. It is mine, but I know because I used to do rock radio. Yeah, so. I don't know that. Donovan from uh, oh, the Donovan. 60s. Yeah, I know Donovan. He's a Scottish yeah, yeah. guy. Didn't know he was Scottish. How about yeah, that? Yeah. Yeah. I don't you know, know Donovan. You said you know Donovan. <laughs> I knew this. Well, I knew that song. Believe it or not, I was in the 60s as well. I mean, I'm a grandpa, so I was there. Yeah. You know. I remember the song, but didn't know he was a Scot. How about that? Yeah. All right, Stuart McAllister playing How Scottish Are You? A couple more. Who's this? Look at the size of that boy's head. Oh, it's Mike Myers. Kidding, it's like That's Scotland. If it's not Scottish, it's crap, as he would say. <laughs> Did you see that movie? Of course. That's oh, a my great gosh. Movie. The kids loved that film. That He's was part of their Scottish education in our Vienna days. So. <laughs> This is a great guy. I love it. Forget you. We're just going to talk to him. I figured just introduce him. And yeah, just let it go. All right, number four. Here we go. You were right about one thing, Master. Oh, Obi-Wan Kenobi. Yeah. That's uh, our, oh gosh, I know his name. Sorry. Hugh McGregor. Yeah, there you go. There you Hugh go. McGregor. Very Man. good. Yeah. All right, we've got one more, and let's see if you can do this. This is a tough one. This yeah. is a toughie. Here, Here we go. That they may take our lives, but they'll <laughs> oh, never take our freedom. <laughs> Mel Gibson, Braveheart. Very good. All right. You awesome. went. You went a Phoenix Roasters mug, uh, courtesy. I of I think Rick he Brooks. got all of them except for Donovan, except but that's Donovan. okay. Yeah, that's great. That's all he right. You know, there was a church in New England when I went to uh, when the film was out, and the pastor. I had to come out and say that. On the platform, so here I'm coming out to do a message, and I was like, "You can take away our land, but you can't take our freedom." And the little girl was ah! you know, so, not quite the atmosphere for setting a Sunday morning. Yeah. Yeah. There you go, you know, so. Were you wearing a suit, or were you wearing? Uh, I didn't have my kilt. kilt. No, didn't have a kilt. let me. T- there's a kilt story if you want to hear it. Yeah, okay, okay, go ahead. Right, right. yeah. Margie uh, encouraged me once to wear uh, the kilt rig at one of our RZIM events, and there were a couple of people who just say they're from the south and haven't travelled much. Who came up to you and the one gentleman was looking at me and he he's looking at me standing and staring at me up and down and he goes, uh, "Where are you from? Are you from Italy?" <laughs> from Italy. At which point I wanted to reach down and find the dirk in my my saw. The wife slapped him. Says, "No, he's from Scotland." And he's looking at Switzerland. No, no. I said, "Forget it." <laughs> it, it was not one of those most uh, beneficial cross cultural uh. moments. You know, so. That is very funny, Stuart uh, McAllister here, a part of RZIM, and Sean Hart here, of course, uh, from RZIM. We had him many times. So this guy, uh, pretty uh, a legend, legend, really, growing up in Scotland. And then Vienna. Tell us about a little bit about your life before we get into this heartbreak. Uh, we got a heartbreak in about five minutes. Sure. So give us kind of a capsule. I was born, as I said, in Scotland. I grew up in a home where there was a lot. My dad was a product of the Second World War. 
became a Fabian socialist. You know, Britain changed from 1945 onwards. Dad was a part of that. Kind of an unhappy home, a lot of drinking and fighting. So I ended up leaving home when I was 15, um, went out and uh, kind of started working. At first I was doing martial arts and types of things. I ended up working in a dance hall as a bouncer. So I was kind of in that career mm. and a few other things until I was just about 21 I was living with a young lady one day who walked in and asked me, what did I think of Jesus? Well, I'd never thought about Jesus' life <laughs> other than my grandparents and thought the whole thing of religion was past its sell-by date. I thought God was disgusting and I mm. just really wasn't interested. This girl got converted and then a few weeks later called me to come and meet these Christians. So I went kind of with the idea of sorting these Christians out <laughs> to visit them and uh, experience the divine ambush. That's the only way I can explain oh, it. Wow. So I heard the gospel really for the first time, ended up getting becoming a Christian. Um, and then I, I was involved in a lot of difficult circumstances there. So in God's mercy, I was taken out of Scotland within a year and went to join Operation Mobilization. Uh-huh. And I joined a team that was uh, involved in working in Eastern Europe in my first summer I joined a team where it was supposed to di- distribute gospels and put them out in letter boxes across, and then take off, okay. and disappear without being caught or seen. Uh-huh. And we ended up getting caught and put in jail. So I had forty days in prison, and that was my wow introduction. I thought I was just a young believer, less than a year in the faith, and I thought that's kind of funny. All the time, you know, I'd been on the other team. I stayed out of jail. You <laughs> <laughs> joined God's side, and you get locked up. So. <laughs> That was my baptism and mission. Wow. What a story. So when the, 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 the folks came to you with the gospel, what was the thing that convinced you? Was it one specific thing? There were several things happened. I mean, I came in. I was loaded for beer. I was angry. Yeah. You know, I was, um, first of all, I came into their house. There was an atmosphere that I couldn't explain. It was very unusual and like a presence. There was something. It just was odd. The couple were, you know, the guy was kind of nice young guy but you know i felt he was a kind of a bit of a wimp and yeah the, the, the wife was kind of cute at the time and you know i mean i'm thinking as a non-christian guy here okay yeah, so sure now she turns out she was an event well they began to talk and they shared and joyce the the girl that i'd been living with um she's she's there and i can see i know something's happened to her and all i know is that we went back and forward back and forward and then somewhere during the night i, I went from i can remember thinking there was absolutely no God. I was sure of that. Mm-hmm. Thinking there was a suspicion began to rise, and then at a certain point, it just became. I became aware there was something there, and and I was in trouble. Mm-hmm. So that was when they basically told me the gospel that, you know, I'd been involved in things, and people had been hurt, and I'd I'd seen things happen. I was then working in a kind of a Glasgow mafia kind of organization. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was aware of a lot of stuff. I wasn't naive, but when they really talked about forgiveness and renewal and mm. being born again. Um, so I went up and that night I prayed. I actually knelt down beside the bathroom in their, their toilet, and, uh, which was appropriate in my case. The throne, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then I said, God, if you're there, you know, I need to know you. I'm sorry. I, you know, I really, and that's when it began. Wow. Have you always had a mind that was kind of bent towards apologetics, or did that come along later? No, it came along. I, I think I may have had, um, in the early days, it was everything. I mean, everything was just blind faith. I mean, I... You know, it was all new. So, mm-hmm. yeah. but from day one, I was being torn apart. You know, when I, once I put my, my my colors up, I mean, what did I know that God had said? Man, these guys would mock me and tear me apart, and ask, and I had no answer. All I had was an experience. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, and I had the Bible, and it, which it, it forced me to. And very early on, I think prayer and the scriptures became the two foundations that I had to thrive on. Wow, mm-hmm. there was a, a young couple that took me and ended up discipling me through that year. 
But apologetics came actually a bit later mm-hmm. um, because it was really a, you know, I was driven by the experience of knowing God, caught up in that whole vortex of, gosh, this is it's a new world. And then going into Eastern Europe and traveling in the communist countries, and there were a couple of more arrests as I got in, over the years in there, and really be, being interrogated by communist authorities about God and God's existence, mm. and me giving the answers I had, that forced me to think mm. and find answers to questions that I hadn't even actually even thought about very deeply. You know? mm. Stuart McAllister with his story. He's got quite a story. We're going to move into uh, right after this hard work, going to talk about uh, his experience coming to the U.S., apologetics, and uh, also a part of RZIM and talking about uh, Islam. I know Matt's got some questions, and we've got questions as well. Mm-hmm. So it's uh, it's really, really cool. So we'll be back. We are from the Phoenix Roasters studio here in Buckhead. By the way, check out phoenixroasters.coffee to uh, find out what's going on there. Perfect for Christmas. The uh, Not only the coffee that's delicious, the K-Cups, and the, but and also the diner mugs. Yeah, the diner mugs nice. and the merch. Yeah. Yeah, they've got all kinds of merch. So uh, those guys are amazing. We love them uh, to pieces. So uh, get on there. Get online. And there's always a deal for you. PhoenixRoasters.coffee. We'll be back. It is the Tuesday edition of Faith Talk Live. I'm Rick Probst. And I'm Dan Ratcliffe. Stay right there. ATL and FTL, a match made in Buckhead. Faith Talk Live with Rick and Dan on Faith Talk Atlanta. Oh, yeah, it is the Tuesday edition of Faith Talk Live. I'm Rick Probst. And I'm Dan Ratcliffe. Hope you're having a great Tuesday. Yep, loving this show. Love the Christmas season. And uh, these guys are pretty amazing. Sean Hart and also Stuart McAllister here from RZIM. We're talking to Stuart about his story. Uh, When we left him, uh, he uh, was in Vienna. Of course, grew up in Scotland. And then he decides to, uh, he and his family, to move to the U.S. We'll pick up there in uh, just a second. Meanwhile, Dan, what's Meanwhile, up? Meanwhile, uh, oh, and by the way, he almost aced the How Scottish Are You test that yes, we had he did. last segment, if you missed you that. You know, we've so. got to get better prizes for people on this we caliber. Yeah, I yeah, mean, this yeah, is yeah, high caliber stuff mugs. here. I mean, <laughs> 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 Next time it's a new car, so be sure to come yeah. back. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, if you, uh, you know, today is Giving Tuesday, by the way. If you if you haven't seen that, it's all over Facebook and, uh, and all social media. Uh, so find a cause to give to, including like Ravi Zacharias Ministries. Yeah. Can you do that on, yeah, online? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we have a, a goal today of $300,000. It's a uh, a big goal that we're trying to reach. Thanks for yeah. Thanks for mentioning that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, another one you can give to is focus on the family. Uh, this month uh, they have a gift match where if you give, they will double it. Uh, so if you give a hundred bucks, uh, it'll be two hundred bucks all month long. Just go to uh, faithtalkatlanta.com, dot com, click on the focus on the family banner, and you can give there and help them out. Love it. RZIM.org is the place to go to if you yep. want to find out more about uh, Robbie Zacharias and the ministry and these guys. You sure. guys are there. You do a podcast, which we may get into <clears throat> yeah. a little bit later on. We have several podcasts have, that have launched. It's great. Yeah, that's yeah. really cool. Good informational stuff to uh, help us all, mm-hmm. right? This guy, what a story, huh? Yeah. Um, just love the story. When we left you in the last segment, you're in Scotland. You grew up. You became born again. You moved to Vienna. And then you decided to move to the U.S. Was that a family decision? How did, how did that come about? Yeah, I had been, I was in the last six years, I was involved with the European Evangelical Alliance, which is an umbrella for evangelicals. And my passion had always been mission. And over the years in my own growth, I had been trying to 
I was trying to ask two questions. One, how do we get the gospel to Europeans? But why has the church done so badly over the years? Mm. Why had Marxism taken over half the continent? Why was materialism? Why were places like Belgium and and uh, France called considered the graveyard of missions in some mm. respect. Mm. So the secularism and all that got my thinking going. That brought me into really apologetics and theology and trying to engage more deeply with the thought and some of the ideas that had undermined the gospel and why Christianity had lost its edge, if you like. Mm. So coming to Atlanta was really at the invitation of Ravi. Uh, we had spoken together at a couple of conferences. There was a kind of a mutual spark. And then I was leading a delegation to Canada where Ravi was uh, speaking at a conference uh, in Abbotsford, and he asked a second time, would we consider joining the team? So as we began to pray, we sensed something was stirring in our family, and it was a time to move, and it would be a part of the Apologetics RZIM team. So we moved mm. to Atlanta to do that. Yeah, how could you say no to Ravi? Yeah, exactly. I mean, uh, I, I say, whatever you want. Yeah, sure. Uh-huh. It's convincing. He's pretty convincing. <laughs> yeah. Now, this may be a, a big question that has a long answer, but... If you can uh, briefly answer it, what is it about Europe that that some of it is a graveyard? Because you see yeah. so many beautiful churches that are really kind of more museums now than churches. I think you have to look at history and particularly warfare. I mean, when you look at the uh, the Thirty Years' War, the bloody war that led to, essentially was a precursor to eventually the Enlightenment, mm-hmm. and to that many people saw escape from religion as the problem as the answer to pro- Europe's mm-hmm. problems. Mm-hmm. When the Enlightenment came on, there was a turn to science and scientism, and I think then when you moved into the era of nationalism, you had this whole idea of rationality as the center of existence. Nationality became a thing, nationalism, mm-hmm. and each country was trying to outdo the other, which led eventually to the challenge of the wars and so forth, the okay. breakdown of the empire system. So religion was seen as part of cultural artifact, but not as having seen anything as public truth. Hmm. It had no, pri- it had maybe uh, private uh, significance, but no public relevance. Yeah, okay. All right. Stuart McAllister from RZIM, RZIM.org, to uh, check out what's going on over there. You're part of the Understanding and Answering Islam Conference. In fact, you're leading that, right? You're in the leadership yeah. of that. Uh, why Islam? Well, how did you get uh, directed in that, that direction? Well, that began many years ago. I, I must admit I had a kind of a blind spot to Islam. We, we were working in Europe in the organization I was with in uh, reaching all many of the unreached peoples, but many Muslims where the, the amount of Muslims coming to Europe was growing. Uh, and I underestimated the challenge of, of Islam in terms of its thought. About one-third of the world's population are uh, believe in uh, they're Islamic, and mm-hmm. maybe Sunni or whichever version they follow. So it's also one of the most resistant to Christian thought. Mm-hmm. Um, often conversions come as a result of a direct revelation of dreams of God breaking in yeah. to their life. But in Europe, my first encounter was uh, witnessing or sharing friendship evangelism at Vienna University with a couple of Turks who tore me apart. Hmm. And I mean, I'm a young believer. I had never been spoken to as they were, I mean, they were aggressively hostile. And that's not true of many. Muslims are generally very friendly, very warm, very, these two weren't. And I'm trying everything to be a friend and trying to talk. And they told me I was guilty of shirk, idolatry. I was guilty of one thing after another. Hmm. And as we walked away, I remember being quite stung by the encounter because I realized that nothing that I had learned up to that point would engage with these people. So I was intrigued. Wow. Hmm. How do we engage uh, as people as well as with the ideas? And that became a challenge. But you probably can't come at them with, well, it says in the Bible this, because no. that probably doesn't mean anything to no, them. No, the, right? the, in, in Islamic thought, the Bible is uh, is revered as part of it, mm-hmm. as uh, the Injil particularly, and the Psalms and other parts. 
as being inspired by God, but they believe the Bible, as we use it today, is corrupted. Right. So we have a corrupted text, and it's superseded, of course, by the prophethood of uh, uh, Muhammad and also by the revelation of the Quran, which is, and Muhammad is the seal of the prophets. He's the last, the final word. So anything in the Chris mm-hmm. is interpreted through the, the lens, lens of Islam. So using the Bible, uh, kind of a mixed effect. I think when you hear the text, it has its own impact, so you still have to use it right, and let right. it be head, and it can do its own its own thing. Stuart, and, there's, and there's there's almost like a built in um, apologetic against Christianity within the Quran, even like God is God is not He is one, He's not three. Mm-hmm. So and, like mm-hmm. where this idea of Him being three come from? You could yeah. tell when you're reading through it that there was it, there's a lot of the text in there even written to actually argue against Christianity. Mm. Um, within it. So that, that, that makes it, an, I think, another huge challenge there. And the Muslim Jesus, which is a big part, because Islam revered Jesus very highly. Mm-hmm. Like Nabil Qureshi, um, our colleague who died a couple of years ago, Nabil used to be, in his Islamic days, used that as a number one strategy with Christians because it, people would say, do you believe in Jesus? Said, yes, I do. Mm-hmm. And then he would start taking them on a journey and show often they didn't know the Bible, so they'd misquote scripture. He mm. would tie them up in knots with that. Mm. Then he would give them the Islamic version of Jesus and how that Jesus was a, re, a, a revered prophet but was substituted uh, and didn't die on the cross and, and, and didn't die for our sins. That, that was... a a construction of later de- later time. Hmm. Stuart McAllister uh, talking about uh, Islam, and you can go to rzim.org to find out more. And he and his son uh, wrote a book. It'll be out pretty soon. We'll talk about that maybe if we have time. I wish we had more time. Uh, you talked about friendship, trying to connect with the, the Turks, which led you to, to study on apologetics and look where you are now. It's a God thing, right? Hmm. So is that a friendship seems to be we hear this all the time about that's the way to really get in to connect with, with folks that uh, believe in Islam and just to friend them. At what point? I know each situation is different, but as they begin to build trust, how do you get in there to explain? Should you start with Jesus? Should you just where, where, where should I think you the fundamental issue with all people, whether they're Muslims, secularists, or is, is to treat them as individuals, mm-hmm. respect them as people, and to try to build a relationship with anyone, whether they're going to believe or not. Mm. With Muslims, it's more important, I think, because often they're treated hostilely mm-hmm. or they're not welcomed and there's a suspicion. So trying to ask questions to get to understand and yes, Jesus is a good starting point because w- what do we mean by Jesus? Mm. And what does the gospel say? And sometimes to go to the Angel, the New Testament, and just let the words be read and say, well, if they were corrupted, what was corrupted? By who and when? Mm. Because hearing the words, one of my friends uh, was working many years in the Middle East and actually used a very different approach. He had tried various things. And I remember telling, he was leading a Bible study on the book of Isaiah, and they had a group of uh, Muslim people gathered in the house. And at one point, as they were do, reading Isaiah 53, this lady burst out. She said, it's Isa, that's Isa." Now, they had never said anything about it. They were just mm. reading Isaiah 53, the wow. passage. And here, this lady read about tortured uh, for suffering for our sin and so forth, wounded for our transgressions. And then they used that then to pivot into, of course, the gospel and the fulfillment of that text. Mm-hmm. But it's interesting, this lady's knowledge of God, of experience and studying Isaiah, the fifth gospel brought her to an understanding of the, the, the Word of God in Jesus. So hmm. there's different ways. I think it's being sensitive, what the Holy Spirit is doing, yeah. touching people's hearts, yeah, yeah. and listening, <clears throat> paying attention. I think one of the challenges I've seen within the whole, like we want to do exactly what you guys have talked about in befriending people, one of the challenges I've seen within 
um, Christian attempts to use what you might call friendship evangelism as a as like an evangelism tactic is that at some point in time the friendship becomes more important than the gospel and there's not a willingness to sacrifice the friendship mm-hmm. and so it's like oh I, I I hope to one day be able to actually tell this person about Jesus and if you don't start with your faith kind of on your sleeve and people knowing about that, then you can get yourself in a situation where it is actually awkward now for you to bring, try to bring the gospel into it. Cause yeah. now they feel like, wait, have you been manipulating me this whole time? Yeah. Cause we don't want to manipulate people. Right, we want right. to truly care for them. Yeah, yeah. And then when the time comes where we're talking about counting the cost, sometimes it is actually telling people the good news, which comes with bad news too, Yeah, which isn't a very um, happy song to people's ears nowadays. So we have to also take that into account when we're that's, looking at that. That's a really good point. Mm-hmm. And I love, too, the fact that you said something that was pretty epic. It's that you have a friendship, and even if they don't believe, right. you keep that friendship. Yeah. So yeah. it's not a bump and run. All right, I got another one. Yeah. But it is a friendship, period. Well, mm-hmm. the, the story of uh, David Wood and, and Nabil, I mean, it was seven years. David mm-hmm. uh, and Nabil, from the minute they came into the, the room and, and Nabil saw... David praying, and and when he asked them and found out he was a Christian, they thought, okay, I'm going to take this guy apart, and David's kind of thing was bring it, because the two of them were very similar in temperaments. <laughs> and for seven years, and, and Nabil had people saying, or, or David people saying, you know, you've been talking to this guy so long, why don't you just give up and all that? And David wasn't willing to, and didn't intend to, because Nabil was a friend, a genuine mm-hmm. friend. Yeah. And then at the end of that seven years, Nabil got desperate and began to pray, and then ends up having these these dreams that were pushed him over the edge. So mm-hmm. You know, friendship is 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 right in its own end. To love people is right in its own end, mm-hmm. not a utilitarian mm-hmm. means to an end. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, love that. Stuart yeah. McAllister, RZIM, John Hart, as well as do this. Let's take a break, and uh, we'll talk more. We'll get into the podcast, possibly the book that he's written with his son, and more. Stay right where you are. The Tuesday edition of Faith Talk Live from the Phoenix Roaster Studio in Buckhead. I'm Rick Probst. And I'm Dan Ratcliffe. Stay right there. Like a happy bell in a foghorn world. It's Faith Talk Live with Rick and Dan. It's the most. Look out, it is the Tuesday edition of Faith Talk Live. I'm Rick Probst. And I'm Dan Ratcliffe. It's the most wonderful time of the year. It is. We love Christmas and we love having these guys here in the studio. There's never enough time. We've got to have them uh, both back. We need a two and hour show every time they come on. Wouldn't that be cool least, if we could three. do it? I don't fun. know if yeah. you could take us for two hours. You, <laughs> I, you seem to be exasperated after about five minutes. I walk out of here what have limp, I done? Every time. <laughs> Thank you for bringing Stuart McAllister from RZIM. What a story. We'll get into more in just a few. We'll talk about the conference that's coming up on Thursday. We do this every year at Christmas time, Christmas Wish. On Thursday, we'll be at Chick fil A in West Cobb, and we're going to have a great time. Mm-hmm. So come out and see us. We're actually going to have Susan Norris. Uh, from from res- uh, rescuing, uh, Hope. rescuing hope, and then also Molly Holm. Molly Holm, yeah, yeah. yeah. From, so they're going to uh, be Glory at, House. and maybe Hike Hike uh, will be with us. Uh, Megan Morgan Lavigny. Yeah. So we're going to have make a good celebration, but it's for a great cause. You can help folks that are struggling this year. Uh, to find out more, you can go to our website, faithtalkatlanta.com, or call Shamso, really, yeah. 404-995-7300. It's the Chick-fil-A at uh, right, right, right on Barrett Parkway and Dallas Highway, so okay. come out and see us. All right, uh, let's talk about, first of all, the Understanding uh, and Answering Islam Conference. It's coming up January 18th. You want to give us all the details on that? That's right, January 18th. It's from, I think, 9 to 5. Mm-hmm. Um, and who's there? I guess, for, since you helped lead it, Stuart, it'd be great for you to just tell a little bit, like, so who's there? Well, uh, Andy Bannister will be one of our. Andy has done a PhD in Islam. We'll have uh, Richard Schumach and we'll have Senem Kenner from yeah. uh, Turkey. 
uh, Mary Jo Sharp and myself. And basically, we want to talk, just talk about comparing stories, narratives, because mm-hmm. so much of what's going on in the world today is everyone's telling a story. But are those stories about reality and how can we know? So we have to mm. compare, evaluate and judge. And I think when we compare the gospel with the alternatives, it holds up well in the world of ideas. So after you've uh, spent the day there, what will you walk away with? Well, the idea is to give, hopefully for those who have uh, little understanding, would be uh, to get an understanding of where the differences lie and what the differences mean, but also access to resources. Because obviously, in a, in a, in a day, you're not going to do everything. You've got right. to sketch a picture, but we can point you to where good materials, teaching, and resources lie so that people will go with an impulse to talk to their friends, to listen to their neighbors, to reach out to those from the Islamic community around them, as there is probably happening anyway, mm-hmm. and just give them some more uh, ability to answer questions and engage with the thought. Okay. Now, is this the first year you've done a conference like this? No, they've been doing it for This is about the, the third or fourth year now. For yeah, the third or fourth year. Yeah. So this is for anybody, folks that just want to show up. And we're talking about... Uh, church leaders, uh, you know, uh, yeah. anybody. A bit, I mean, we have people often, there are missionaries who come back or people who have someone in their, their work that they've been speaking to and they maybe get stumped a little bit. But this is really for anyone who's got an interest, wants a general knowledge. We are not doing a history of Islam because we're building over years. It's, it's a theme specific every year, but we can point to grassroots resources, other materials, so that you can begin to be informed and not ignorant about what Islam believes mm-hmm. and what the challenges are to engage with Muslims in today's world. I love that. And I think as you learn about Islam, um, you will actually fall more deeply in love with Jesus and what is actually there in the gospel, mm. the, the, mm-hmm. the treasure that we have. Um, so I think, I think you'll walk away hearing from the, some of the speakers and be like, wow, I, I didn't realize that about Islam, but I also didn't realize just how much the gospel answers some of these other questions mm-hmm. and addresses some of these mm-hmm. um, other needs and in, in deep, deep heart issues. So. Now, now, is it like Refresh? They have you day, 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 uh, day events? And- so that's, yeah, so we have, we have all sorts of things we do at the Institute. We have the day, like day long. We have theme. We have uh, multiple days. And so Refresh is different in that it's a four-day uh-huh. four thing. That's where you guys have to put up with us for four yeah. days. <laughs> Not we, have to. We, we love we every single come. second it's of fun. it. It's yeah. fun. Yeah, so you can go for this, uh, which uh, the date's again for January, January 18th. January 18th. You go to org, and I know it's like December 3rd, right? But uh, now's the time to to uh, check it out, RZIM, and uh, I mean, it's I mean, it's really intriguing yeah. to me. I'm wondering if we can like sneak in the back door or something. I think we can. <laughs> I think we can. We, we know, know people. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we do. That's right. We'll, we'll repel in from the roof, like <laughs> exactly. you said. Yes, or I tunnel up from somewhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. I can hear somebody say security. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, notice I didn't say you know me. I said you know Ruth. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know Sean. Uh, okay. Security. Yeah. Take him out. <laughs> Sean Hart and uh, Stuart McAllister from RZIM, and you guys graciously have invited us every year to uh, refresh. I think this will be our third, well, I'm assuming we're going to be invited this next year. Yeah. This has been our third year? This has been our third year. Third or fourth year, yeah. yeah this will yeah. be your third, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because the first year we didn't have that creative idea. Yeah. Uh, I love this. Yeah. yeah. We love having you guys out there. And yeah. We love getting to talk to the speakers, man. There's some great people out there. Yeah. And I think you interviewed students one year, and I think you oh, tried to do yeah. that, which is well, fun, We too. love yeah. talking to students yeah. because we want to know what they got out of it. Yeah. And they're so bright and so hungry. It's pretty amazing. Yeah. So, I mean, you've got it already set up, which you do ahead of time. So tell us about that refresh coming up. Yes. Yeah, so, I mean, Ju- July 21st to the 24th, This we're going back to July. Uh, we figured that was a better month. So, again, it's going to be now our, our fourth year. Um, we're still in the, in the midst of uh, putting together the program and like really looking at what the theme will be for that year. But really, it is a time where you journey through in a week-long 
week-long time with the with the team or mm-hmm. the discussion group. So someone comes out to refresh as a you know senior, um, sorry, freshman in college or a junior and senior in high school. Mm-hmm. They will be traveling through the week with a speaker um, assigned to them, their group, as a discussion group. We're looking at actually increasing the Q&A that we've done because that's one thing we never get in. Mm. We never get en- enough of the questions answered. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, And so people said, do more Q&A. So we're looking at doing that. We're also looking at um, having a couple discussion breakout times where we're, it's a smaller group led by a speaker. Mm. And we go through and we're really, it's meant to be a time where we discuss some of the issues. What have we been learning? What have we been taking away? Mm. And we'll do our normal thing of having lots of worship, lots of, you know, Bible teaching and apologetics, you know, talks. There's a lot more. So that'll be on the web- website soon. I think it's good to plug now in December so people yeah. are aware of it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, you might just be able to see Sean doing 100 uh, push-ups in a row. I think you did that one year, didn't you? Yeah, no, I didn't. I always lose to the... They oh, always, you they lost? Always put, they always put me up there just yeah. to have me lose. Uh, <laughs> he lost yeah. to Stuart they McAllister for last that. year. Oh, okay, Stuart did. <laughs> <Stuart did. laughs> yeah. That's great. So um, talk about some of the challenges or some of the things that you've gotten from students at Refresh and, and how that's helped you in forming other conferences. Yeah, I think the overall... It's hard. They come out in the unique questions every time, but I think this overall, there's this. I feel that there's this pressure of this this narrative that they are kind of being told and that they have to fit within. And it's this, it is this narrative of like of self fulfillment, of self identity. Mm. You have to figure out who you are, and I think that there's this there's this pressure to find to figure that out. But there's not really much in terms of navigational mm-hmm. tools mm-hmm. in order to find out who that is. So it's almost like define who you are. You can be anyone you want to be. And then all of a sudden it's like, okay, so I have the freedom to do this. Well, without the freedom, without the restraints and actually some, some guides, it, I think I see people, we see people spiraling. So mm-hmm. we actually had a person to come out and talk about suicide who is uh, uh, he teaches at Harvard. I don't want to mess up his title, but he's, this is his area, he's a psychologist, and his Q&A we had to extend because mm-hmm. the amount of questions that were coming mm-hmm. in and the deep questions that were coming yeah. in from these students, um, it was just a, a great time of ministry. So I, there's this angst that I'm feeling. And I think mm-hmm. as if anyone, I know we're coming in on time, but if anyone knows the culture, uh, studying the culture of this, I think, Stuart, in your, your experience with like the this cultural pressure, mm-hmm. I just wonder if you have anything I, I think to share in, on that. I think in the Western world, and America always does things on steroids, <laughs> mm-hmm. much of this despair and gloom and nihilism was very much a part of the European market and has been exported through American universities and film and so forth. And I think basically people, the idea of unrestricted freedom to define yourself, design yourself and deploy, you know, this great uh, personality and culture is a nightmare for many people because Mm -hmm. they don't know where to get answers. They can't find coherence. They can't find boundaries and they're inwardly confused and it's leading to suicide and confusion. Mm-hmm. And I think many of our, what we're doing often is compounding the problem by just throwing out more alternatives, mm. which is not helping people. They need guides, they need wisdom, they need some help. Yeah. Stuart McAllister, Sean Hart, love having them. Got to have both of you guys back. Uh, love it. Check out the podcast too. Uh, he does one called Cover to Cover. Uh, that is uh, Sean. He talks about uh, Kanye West. Uh, find out more All about right. that. RZIM.org to find out more. Have a great Tuesday. I'm Rick Probst. And I'm Dan Ratcliffe. This is Faith Talk Live. See you.